Today's episode of Lockdown White Sox, I will be talking to you about your questions. It's Monday. It's the Monday mailbag. We'll be talking about the MLB lockout. We'll be talking about the White Sox backup catcher position. And finally, we'll be talking about the White Sox ranking in the AL Central for the starting pitcher position. You are Locked On White Sox, your daily Chicago White Sox podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into Locked On Sox. Thank you for making Locked On White Sox your first listen each and every day. We're free and available on all platforms. We're free on Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. You can find us there at Locked On Sox or by searching Locked On White Sox. I'm Sean Anderson, and I'm the host of Locked On Sox. You can follow me on Twitter at Sean underscore W underscore Anderson. I have to let you know that today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online, where the game starts. Today is Monday, February 28th. It is a mailbag Monday. We have your questions that you sent in at 312 566 8727 or wrote in at Lockdown Soxage. Yeah, at LockedOnSocks at gmail.com. That's how you can write in. Sounded weird coming off the tongue, but that's how some people participated today. We have Dan from 219. We have Mark in the park participating. So if you want to send us a a little piece of mail, 312-566-8727, or again, at LockedOnSocks at gmail.com. Before we get into your questions, again, today we'll be talking about the MLB lockout. We'll be talking about the White Sox backup catcher position, and we'll also be talking about where the White Sox rank in the AL Central for all their positions, and that's going to happen all throughout this week. So today we'll be starting pitching. Tomorrow is going to be relief pitching. I think then it's going to be lineups, and then it's going to be bench, manager. I think it's something like that. I'll get you into the rhythm tomorrow when we get a little bit more into it. This is more of a Monday mailbag situation. I'm more treating that as a question rather than an email from my boss, but, you know, we'll get to it. (laughs) And uh, we'll be doing this throughout the whole week. And you know, spoiler alert, I'm really high on the White Sox this year, especially compared to the rest of the AL Central. So you might have a guess on where I have the White Sox ranked in starting pitching compared to the rest of the AL Central. But again, that's later in the episode uh, here on Locked on Sox. Let's update you on the MLB lockout. This is from Evan Drellich. This is as up to the minute as I possibly can get. This is from Sunday, February 27th. The MLB and MLBPA plan to meet again tomorrow which is today, the day you're listening of, and that's the day of the deadline the owners have imposed for the season to start on time. Meetings are over for the day, and that ended around 7.30 Eastern time for the MLB. And, you know, that's the last piece of leverage that the MLB actually has outside of the lockout that they enforced on the players is that deadline. Rob Manfred said that I think it took you know, four weeks for players to get ready and going. So with them delaying spring training to start on March 5th, it really doesn't feel like February 28th is that hard of a deadline. Like if they get a deal done on March 1st, are they really not going to, are they really going to move back opening day? That seems ludicrous uh, if we're being honest. So I I just don't like the way that things are going. I really think that the owners think the players are going to crack tomorrow. And I hope they don't. I have so much respect for the players because it feels like they've been at least, you know, negotiating in good faith. And I don't think I could say that about the owners. It feels like they're trying to get a deal done. They didn't want to be locked out in the first place. And, you know, the owners are trying to juice them out of every single penny. And it's pretty disgusting, in my opinion. And I know that 
you know, with the way the, the rules are stated, you know, 22 of the owners can be saying yes right now, and then eight are saying no, and that's enough. I think it's seven owners uh, can basically blockade a, a deal getting done. Uh, so I think it's, you know, 23 to seven would be a, a thing that, you know, that wouldn't pass, but if it was 24 to six, right, that would pass. Uh, so, you know, seven owners could really just be railroading all of baseball right now. But again, that's just a dirty look. And that's the owners causing all of this. And this is why I'm on the player side. And this is why I don't think the MLB has been arguing or uh, negotiating in good faith. This is from February 26 from Evan Drellich. So I don't know what the new proposal was today, if there was a new proposal on the CBT, but the talks have been, if a CBT is being talked about, then they're in a good spot. And a CBT was being talked about MLB's proposed CBT's first years. And this was again from Saturday in 2022, they had it at 214 million in 2023, 215 million, which was an increase of $1 million from their previous proposal, 2024, 20, uh, 216 million, which was the same as their previous proposal. In 2025, 218 million, which is the same as their previous proposal. And 2026, 222 million. So if you add it up all together, all those years and all those numbers and all the 200 millions that I'm talking about, in total, the owners raised their proposal by $1 million. It's just ridiculous. That's that you can't tell me that's good faith. You can't tell me that an increase from 214 to 215 to 216 to 218 to 222 is truly indicative of the money that these teams are bringing in. It's gross. It's disgusting. And I think, again, it's not in good faith. They think that they're going to crack tomorrow. And I, I hope, I hope the players don't. You can call in at 312-566-8727, or you can write in at LockdownSox at gmail.com. Let's go to our friend Mark in the park, who has some thoughts on the lockout. Hey, Sean, it's Mark. Calling about uh, Walker Bueller's uh, tweets this weekend um, about the owners not coming up and meeting uh, inflation rates with the minimum salary. And all I keep hearing is these owners complaining about how much money they lost in 2020. Well, that's partially due to them dragging their feet and not putting a product on the field. And, you know, when their own ideals are reflected back at them, you know, they don't like losing money, but they don't care if anyone else loses money. So they, they get all bent out of shape if, they, if they're not making boatloads. You know, a pure profit isn't enough. It has to be, you know, heaps of money. So, you know, here this thing goes. Hopefully something gets resolved on Monday, but I highly doubt it. And uh, we're going to miss ball games. And I'm probably going to get stiffed out of that San Diego series, but along with a lot of other people. So, eh, oh, well, thanks, Sean. Thank you, Mark in the Park, for calling in. And you are right. Owners losing money in 2020 is due to them dragging their feet. And you are right that they are squeezing every penny out of the players, Mark. Thank you for calling in. Again, they locked them out. They're juicing them over every penny. And the only two pieces of you know, true leverage they have is the lockout that the owners and the league imposed on the players and this deadline that they made up. If the, if, if they just don't move, you know, when spring trainings are going to start, right? March 5th. And they get a deal done before March 5th. You're telling me that they're not, they're going to move opening day. If they don't get a deal done tomorrow, there's no way they're holding out for that money. There's no way they're going to, they're going to, again, 
juice the players over this money, these, these, this $1 million that they're talking about with the CBT and not actually giving them a true significant proposal, they're going to miss the chance to make money in 162 opportunities this year. I really don't see that happening. Like either the owners are going to crack tomorrow, the players aren't going to crack. And then we just see if, you know, they can get a deal done in March or the owners crack tomorrow. And I, and I hope the players really do put the pressure on them. But to talk about Walker Bueller's tweets, he did delete them. And Walker Bueller tweeted, I don't know when, what date this was. It's probably either the 24th or 25th. But Walker Bueller tweeted out, this isn't millionaires versus billionaires. This is workers versus owners. The value is subjective. We are extremely lucky to do what we do, but the numbers don't line up. Please tell me what we, the players are asking for is crazy. Inflation happens, market rises, money grows, ask our owners. They know, why would we agree to less than inflation level income rises? Would you take that? And then he deleted it. So that was Walker Bueller, Dodgers pitcher uh, on, on the MLB lockout. And I agree with him. We talked about this previously, but you look at the spending, 2003, the average opening day payroll, I think was, it was 75 million. It's up to around 140 million in 2019. And the average revenue the team has brought in, I think it was around 175 million in 2003. And the average, average revenue that they brought in was over $300 million in 2019. So it, it, he's right. Inflation and just the, the boom of the sport and the boom of cable deals really made this truly unfair. And, and, and the owners are not coming to the players' level. And also, it is a false narrative millionaires versus billionaire. This is from Daniel Epstein on Twitter. Only 31.4% of MLBPA members earn more than a million dollars. 28.2% are minor leaguers on the 40-man roster earning $40,500. Walker Bueller just happens to be one of the millionaires. He His uh, career net worth is 0.002% of the average owner. So, you know, even though he's a millionaire, Right now, he's not even seeing truly generational wealth or, you know, whatever, you know, if he's a generational talent, he's not getting the generational wealth to, to see with it. And, and, and I'm glad the players are fighting for it. Truly. Bet Online is the official sports book of the Lockdown Podcast Network and of Lockdown White Sox. Football might be over for this season, but basketball is in full steam for both pro and college hoops. From all the latest odds, totals, player performance props to where the next fired coach is going to land. BetOnline.net is the number one spot for all your sports betting needs. BetOnline remains the best spot for all of your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. And it's not just basketball. BetOnline.net is your source for hockey, boxing, and UFC odds right to the Olympic coverage and information. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action. Again, the website is BetOnline.net. And again, it's an updated website. Go check it out on your phone or computer, betonline.net, betonline, where the game starts. Thanks for making Lockdown White Sox your first listen each and every day. Lockdown MLB Prospects host Lindsey Crosby is a prospect encyclopedia, and he's going deep on the MLB stars of tomorrow. It's free and available wherever you get your podcasts. And someone who I know makes Lockdown White Sox their first listen each and every day is Dan from the 219. And Dan participated by writing in at LockdownSox at gmail.com. And Dan said, we've talked a lot about right field and second base additions, which are a clear need for a team with championship aspiration. There's one thing that I think needs to be addressed, backup catcher. As much as I love the Dancing for Dub videos Zach Collins brought, going into a season with him as a backup to a 33-year-old Yaz, 
who has two knee surgeries in the last year, can't be a real thing. Remember how bad him and Sebi looked last year. Send help. Dan from the 219. Thank you, Dan, for participating. And you could participate too uh, in the Monday mailbags by calling in at 312-566-8727 or writing in like Dan did. Lockdownsocks at gmail.com. And I think we've mentioned this before, but again, it's been a while. The lockout has lasted, I think, over 80 days now. Yay. And that's, you know, all the way back in December when I took over. I took over, I think, the day the, the lockout started. So go me. And something that I don't think we got a chance to talk about too much was the mistakes I think the White Sox did make, uh, at least in free agency before everything got locked out. And one of those was not being more aggressive in the backup catcher market. They missed out on Jacob Stallings from uh, Pittsburgh. He's now, I believe, in Miami. They acquired him in a trade, and it was a pretty low-value trade. I mean, they didn't give up anything up you know, massively. I think something that the White Sox could have afforded, and Stallings would have been a good backup catcher. You know, We're not looking for anyone to set the world on fire. I think White Sox fans, especially you know, ones that caught on in the past couple of years, probably feel a little bit spoiled by James McCann. Uh, you know, they're not all going to be James McCann. They're not all going to be, you know, hell, even Tyler Flowers had a good career. You know, they might be Zach Collins. They might be Sebi Zavala. I, I think the one thing, though, is the Sox need at least more of a specialist. The White Sox do have a catcher that's very good at framing uh, in, in Yasmani Grandal, but overall, defensively, he's not great. Um, I, I would hope that the White Sox could find a more defensively sound catcher. Uh, to back up Yasmani Grandal, but it's it's a difficult market because you're either getting somebody who's extremely old, someone who's extremely raw and too young, someone who is you know, in that same sense just unproven, or you're again going to get somebody who's old. Did I mention old? Very old free agent list for the White Sox to pick from, but I thought the White Sox should have been more aggressive. Manny Pena, I thought made sense. He signed a two-year deal with Atlanta. Jan Gomes would have made sense. He signed a two-year deal. Uh, on the north side, Pedro Severino signed with uh, Milwaukee. He signed a one-year deal. And then Roberto Perez, who I thought is kind of exactly who that is. I mean, this is Roberto Perez, we know him from Cleveland, a, a great defensive catcher. You know, I mean, that's all he does. He really can't hit. I think there was one season he had like 20 home runs. Uh, and I think that was the juiced ball year. But outside of that, I mean, Roberto Perez is known true and true as a defensive guy. And, you know, the fact that the White Sox didn't even go out and offer, you know, something to him, or at least, you know, the fact that he went to Pittsburgh, maybe is, is just, it's disappointing. He, he goes to Pittsburgh on a one-year deal. Maybe he'll be affordable at the trade deadline. And maybe that's what the White Sox need is maybe the White Sox just need to kind of do what I need, what I do with kickers in fantasy football or defenses in fantasy football is, you know, ride the hot hand. And, and, and if someone doesn't get injured or if someone's just, you know, not performing, then you move on from them and you try to fill that spot at some point in the season. Maybe that's at the start of the season and maybe that's at the trade deadline. But if you look at the free agent list, there's not a lot of names that I like out there. Uh, Luke Maley is, is a guy that could be interesting, uh, but he's extremely uh, raw. He's 31 years old, I believe, but he's never played more than 68 games in his MLB career, like in MLB season. So, you know, I, I don't know how good he can actually be. And you even look at what he did, you know, 46 games in the minor leagues last year uh, for Milwaukee and in 88 weighted runs created plus. So it's like, you know, that guy's not going to even bring an average bat to the minor leagues. What is he going to do behind the plate in the big leagues? The one thing I do like about him though, is he's really good defensively. He's really good as a framer too. So, you know, that's an option, but it's not it's nothing that I'm telling you, like the White Sox need to go sign Kyle Schwarber, like I've been telling you, or the White Sox need to re-sign Carlos Rodon, or the White Sox need to add Colin McHugh. 
there's no one in this list that I'm telling you the White Sox need to go and sign. And I think that's a mistake. You know, I mean, this is a team with championship aspirations, but they didn't spend or act like it before the, the lockout happened. And they, I think everyone knew a lockout was coming. So it's a little bit frustrating to look at the free agent list and see all the names that are gone. And the names suck to begin with, but that's why you have to be aggressive. Pittsburgh's being aggressive and got Roberto Perez. You know, maybe that's because he's getting a starting gig and maybe he didn't want a backup gig. But I think playing in Chicago, fighting for a World Series sounds a hell of a lot better than playing in Pittsburgh. That's just me, though. Lockdown White Sox fans, you know, if you've been listening over the past month that I've been talking a lot about the Puffs, one of Built Bar's best tasting bars. But something new for them this month is a new flavor, white chocolate cookies and cream. And I'm looking at the macros right now at Built.com, 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, 4 net carbs, and 17 grams of protein. You compare that to a candy bar, which usually has 240 calories, 30 grams of sugar, and dozens of net carbs. And as somebody who's had built bars before, I love the taste of them. If I'm going for a treat, I'd rather take something like that, which is healthier, which has less calories, less sugar. It's better for me. I'm excited to grab a built bar. And that's because at built bar, they're all about taste. They make it taste delicious first, then figure out how to make it healthy. And I don't know how, again, I don't know how I'm telling you, they make it work every single time. I'm, I'm salivating thinking about the white chocolate cookies and cream bar right now. Go to built.com, use promo code LOCK15 and get 15% off your order. Again, try the new white chocolate cookies and cream bar or try the puffs. Again, they're they're puffy, they're marshmallowy, they're fluffy, they're a treat, they're great. Use promo code LOCK15 at built.com for 15% off your order. Lockdown White Sox fans, it's a time. Lockdown White Sox fans, it's time for two. Lockdown White Sox fans, it's time for me to talk to you about my good friends over at Rock Auto. They made a good friend out of me over the past month. I went into my local you know, auto parts store. I told the guy behind the desks that I needed a windshield wiper pump. And he took, I mean, forever. I don't know if the computers that they have from 2003 that are all sun faded just are too slow. You know, maybe it was the system, but also it's like, I'm very good at computers. I can go to rockauto.com and save. 30%, 50%, even 100% more for the same parts from that chain store that I walked into. I mean, I looked at the windshield wiper pump that I paid $30 for in that parts store, $11 on rockauto.com. And they're a family business. They're serving do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years. And you know that would have came in great. I have a do-it-yourselfer in my grandpa. I could do it myself. I can buy him the part and then I could go bring it over, tell him what's wrong with my car and he could fix it. And I can save money. Go explore their easy-to-use website today to find the solution to your auto parts need. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all their parts available for your car or truck right locked on in their how did you hear about us section box so they know we sent you. They have an amazing selection, reliably low prices, and all the parts your car will ever need. rockauto.com. Today is Monday, February 28th. I'm covering myself. If I didn't say it earlier in the episode, it's a Monday mailbag. You can call in. 312-566-8727 or write in at LockdownSocks at gmail.com. This next one came to my personal email. Shout out to my guy, Jeff Carr, who is my boss over at Lockdown. He is the MLB network manager. And something that they want us to do over the next week is talk about these next six areas compared to our division. So how do the White Sox 
rank compared to the Royals, compared to the Twins, compared to the Tigers, and compared to the Cleveland team. Uh, I, I'm just trying to think of the, the teams off the top of my head. Uh, and now Cleveland's changing up their nicknames. So, so thankfully, uh, but changing up their nicknames. So now I got to get used to that. And I'm just trying to remember four things off the top of my head, which is uh, you know tough the older and older you get. But my guy, Jeff Carr, wants me to rank over the next week how the White Sox stack up compared to the division with our starting rotation, bullpen, lineup, fielding slash defense, manager, and overall division finish for 2022. So you can expect that over the next six episodes. And I, I was going to be all cocky and braggadocious and say, you know, out of all six levels, I think that the White Sox are first in all of them. But fielding and defense, we know that they're not. And we know that, at least in my opinion, for the manager, they're not. I think the White Sox should have hired the guy that Detroit did. However, for finishing the division, for starting rotation, for bullpen, and for lineup, and honestly, let me just make this even, you know, I, I got to clip this and put this on Twitter because I'm, I'm about to talk some, some mad crap right now. But for the White Sox ranking in the AL Central in 2022, for their starting rotation, bullpen, lineup, and overall division finish for this year is honestly, is it a waste of our time, White Sox fans? I think it is. We look at these teams, and I don't even see them as competition. We see the Zips projections. We see the Pakota projections. They don't see those teams as anything that will compete with us this year. And it's because the rotation is the best in the AL Central. It's because the bullpen is the best in the AL Central. It's because the lineup is the best in the AL Central. And it's because the White Sox are the best team in the AL Central. I try not to be biased. I try not to be too much of a homer, especially on this podcast. But mostly I'm talking to White Sox fans. So I can be critical. I can be you're talking about these minutia details that we know as White Sox fans that are wrong with our team. But on the outside, this is a 90-win team and all the other teams in the AL Central will be lucky to get over 80 this year. And they might because they're going to have to play you know, the other three teams 19 other times. That's a good time to beat up on your division. But I think the White Sox, if they're not beating up on the Twins, the Royals, the Tigers, and the Cleveland team, and they're not you know, 10 wins plus against them this year, then something is absolutely wrong with this Sox team because their rotation is the best in the AL Central. Their bullpen is the best in the Central. Their lineup is the best in the Central, and they are going to be the best in the Central in 2022. It's not close. Thanks for trying. Thanks for competing. You guys will get a participation trophy in 2022. The Sox rotation in 2022, it won't even compare, even though they lost Carlos Rodon, won't even compare to the rotation of those four other teams. The best team last year, according to War, Outside of the White Sox in the AL Central, pitching, starting pitching war, the Kansas City Royals at 19, 8.9 as a collective group. The White Sox last year, 19.3, third in the major leagues. Their three, the Holy Trinity, as we talked about, Lucas Giolito, Lance Lynn, Dylan Cease, they are as solid as gold. The, the piece that we lost, Carlos Rodon, is being replaced by Stallion, gorgeous, gorgeous Stallion Michael Kopech. The guy that throws a hundred and a disgusting 86 mile per hour wipeout slider. Good luck, AL Central. And yes, Dallas Keuchel is there, but with the lineups that these other four teams are trotting out, like Dallas Keuchel will be fine against the Royals, against the Twins, against the Tigers, against the Cleveland team. Thank you very much. The White Sox are taking the division. And if they don't, 
I'll look like a clown, but that's not my fault because this team is clearly the best in the division. Thank you for making Lockdown White Sox your first listen each and every day. My next episode will be on Wednesday. I'm not sure what I'm going to be talking about. Oh, right. I'm going to be talking about the bullpen. And there's a fun thing. I think that the White Sox might have an MLB record setter in 2022 if they play 162 games. If they play 162 games, I think the White Sox have a player in their bullpen that can set a true, a big MLB record. We'll talk about that on Wednesday. Thank you again for making Lockdown White Sox your first listen each and every day. Now, go make your second listen, Lockdown MLB. Paul Francis Sullivan, please call him Sully, brings you his unique perspective on the major leagues past and present. It's free and available wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Sean Anderson, and I will talk to you on the next episode of Lockdown Sox.